The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Chris Mercer, or just Mercer to his mates. Uh, You've probably seen him and heard of him speaking at events like Traffic and Conversion, Social Media Marketing World. Basically, if there's a crowd of people, you've probably seen Chris standing in front of it. Today, we're going to be talking about taking the emotions and the gut feelings that Rob's ever so famous for out out of your marketing. And instead, how do you turn some really simple data into insight and outcomes. Before we get into that, if you would like our list of the top 10 books we recommend to improve your email marketing, that's one of the cool things that we give away for free at emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash resources. And they're not even all email marketing books. Go and check them out. They'll really help you. Okay. He's really worried about his hair now that his hairdresser is on maternity leave. He's only worried about his hair now. Okay. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he's just found out that he's the accidental poster boy for his favourite restaurant. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. So, there are worse things to be the poster boy for, let's be fair. How's this come about? Uh, Yeah, well... I was trying to book a table, actually, for our team meeting that we're having on Tuesday next week. You know how we're getting together and we're going to... Oh, we're going to do... Oh, we're doing an escape room. Aren't we? Crazy... Go- no, escape room, yeah, not it's, crazy. Just escape room. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, I'll go and check out that page. Turns out that the big banner along the top... It's a picture of me. <laughs> I've scoffed a lovely bit of steak. <laughs> Hello, you ruddy heroes. This is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Now, the worst thing about this is that people have started to catch on to this email marketing Wednesday thing. It's in the Facebook group. It's in the Facebook group for our league members, and it's really starting to piss me off. That's Do you know what? We're it. starting a movement. That's what the thing that you're supposed to do is. This week's episode as ever is sponsored by Response Suite. It's our survey quiz and application form tool that we built to integrate with your marketing systems and make you more sales. If you want to try it out, you can take a 14-day trial for just $1 over at responsesuite.com. Okay, Rob, can you give us this noises? This is... That's Chris Mercer. He's in this little box down next to me. Before we let him out, uh, one of these three facts, uh, one of these three statements is true about Mercer, right? So... Yeah. Did he, now straight face please Mercer, no giving it away, did he invent a new type of bread by mistake that his whole family now makes and they call it Krusty 2? Uh, does he want to open a guitar shop when he retires or does he make his own goldfish food? Right, well you, you've got an obsession with making bread so I think you've made the first one up. Okay. The last one, goldfish food. I had goldfish as a kid. I don't know what what this like, like little that's like bits of ripped up paper there, isn't it? That's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, I don't think he makes his own goldfish food. I'm going to say Mercer's got a sort of rock and roll look about him. I think he probably wants to open a guitar shop when he retires, but I can't imagine him retiring from what he does. No, I think he's going to open a guitar shop when he retires. Mercer, what's true? Goldfish food. Yes. Goldfish food. And believe it or not, it was actually bread. 
So the fact that you mentioned that it was a little goldfish and you make little, yeah, like crushed peas and worms and bake it. Then you make little, oh. little balls out of it. Oh, it's true. I was so convinced I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your cockiness I, of it. I almost believed, I almost believed the guitar one. Too. Have you thought <laughs> I was like, that's, guitar that shop. sounds like a great idea. Like if I played a guitar or liked music at all, I would absolutely do that. I would absolutely do that. Yes, it is. It is on my list of things to maybe investigate one day. Yes, so I, I'm not entirely wrong. I'm going to take that. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Marcel, welcome to the email marketing show. Uh, Listen, um, we've, we've got this addiction we've got to tell you about. And that is that when we've got our Stripe account hooked up to so Slack. So every time a sale comes through, uh, Kennedy and I get a notification about it in a little group channel. And we're very happy about it. And on a regular basis, we'll rush over to it and then we'll go and check and we can see exactly where that sale came from, like which email on which day yep. about which thing. And, and we just love that. And that's entirely inspired by you, first of all. Um, so I'm, I'm dead excited to dig into this conversation and see, see where this comes from. Because obviously, I guess most businesses right now, currently, if they're not doing all the stuff we're about to talk about, they're kind of running their business on a, a bit, bit of a wing and a prayer, aren't they? Just kind of hoping it's going to work out and trying to figure out, is that something you see a lot? Yeah, absolutely. We see, we see, there's a lot of people who take a bunch of action, right? So they'll, they'll get an auto, you know, they know they are supposed to have some sort of email autoresponder. So they open up AWeb or Active Campaign or Infusionsoft or whatever it is. They start sending emails because they know that email marketing is a fantastic channel, which of course it is. And so they start sending out emails, but they don't necessarily measure or know how to measure how they're, what the results of these emails are, right? What's, what's actually, and specific results, not just the, in terms of sales, but in terms of the customer journey and how they're actually moving people through a conversation to eventually buy their product. Uh, and that's, that's really just because they don't know, A, that they should, which I think is the big thing, is first you have to be aware that you, you even should do that and that you can do it. And then it's just the how, and the how is, is actually deceptively simple. Right, so we're gonna get into the how a little bit, but let's before we get into that look at what we should be looking at so it's not just about okay like us rushing over and going oh there was a bloody sale christ that woke me up um what, what caused that but there's some other things so what kind of stuff should we what are some essentials that we should absolutely be tracking in our when it comes to results from our email marketing so basic, basic things up front are the things that are the easiest, the things you're going to trip over in your email systems, which is going to be open rate and click through rate, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's the two obvious ones. So open rate is just telling you just approximately how interesting the email might be to the, to the marketplace, right? And the click through rate is how good is, how efficient is that email at getting them to the next step, ideally some sort of offer page or sales page or blog post or whatever it is that you're trying to get them to. So those are the, the two obvious ones. Uh, but then it's a matter of what happens when they're on the page. And that's where other tools come in. Um, hopefully free tools that you're already using, something like Google Analytics. A lot of people already use that. Uh, and that can absolutely then start to tell kind of the other part of the story. Like once they leave that email, once they leave Gmail or Outlook or whatever their email platform is, what happens when they show up on the other side? And that's, that's again, where you get into kind of results and how mentality. So did they actually purchase? Did they go to the cart? Did they stay for more than 10 seconds? Like you can do some really cool things with, uh, with analytics back there. So this is going to allow us to start to close the gap between we see like 100 people open that email, 10 of them clicked on the link and got to the page, one of them bought, what happened to the other nine? Like we, we need to try and close that gap a little bit. And what are the first yeah. steps for somebody who thinks, oh God, every time I look at Google Analytics or the equivalents, I'm always confused. How do we start to sort of straighten this out, I guess? I'd say that the first, the first step is, believe it or not, mindset. It's, it's changing how you look at it. Because most people think about Google Analytics, their eyes kind of roll back in their head and they're like, oh, like, 
shoot me. Like they just, they don't want to look at a bunch of data tables. They just think it's overwhelming, confusing. They tried it out a couple of years ago. And one report said this and the other report kind of said something different. And they were like, I don't know what this means. And they, they think that Google Analytics is this tool that they have to sort of have this virtual machete and hack their way through this jungle of data to find this little thing that's all of a sudden going to make them a supermarketer because they, they found it when nobody else could. And that's, that's what people think Google Analytics is. I did too when I started, to be fair. Like I did too. So I think that's normal. But the mindset shift is where you start going, okay, let's step out of Google Analytics for a second as a tool. The idea is if you, and I always think about offline to online, right? So it's just easier from a marketer standpoint to, to think about this stuff. In the offline world, if you come into a shoe store, let's like say my shoe store, you come into my shoe store, I'm going to introduce myself to you. I'm going to say, hey, what are you looking for? I'm going to be like, hey, you're looking for sneakers. Great. Let's go and take some sneakers. I'm going to facilitate you, you know, trying them on, getting a few pairs, maybe trying to upsell you along the way with some socks, getting you on my email list as you leave so I can bring you back with a coupon or something, right? That's a natural conversation that would be happening in that transaction. In digital measurement, marketers have just sort of forgotten that that conversation is still there. Only now it's not a salesperson, a physical salesperson. It's the web page, right? It's the email. It's all the points of connection that you're making with your user. They're having a conversation. In fact, the next email you read, try to not have a conversation with it. You will hear yourself inside your head having a conversation with that email, having a conversation with the page, thinking, okay, well, yeah, this seems interesting. I'll, I'll go ahead and click on it. And you're going to have a certain expectation of what that click is going to lead to. And then, you know, you continue the journey. So the idea from a digital measurement perspective is, is the idea of measuring for the conversation, right? So realizing that the conversation is there, which is a, a good first mindset shift. It's like, oh my God, I've been ignoring, right? Because if you're not measuring, we can't, that's how we listen. So if you don't measure for the conversation, if you're not paying attention to the numbers because you're quote unquote, not a numbers person, like I get that, but that's, that's just an excuse. You absolutely can be, right? And I'll prove that in just a second. But you have to measure to hear their side of the conversation. And you would never in the offline world ignore somebody coming into your store, right? You come into my store. I'm like, hey, what are you looking for? You're like sneakers. I'm like, well, we got dress shoes. Buy these. Like that would never happen. That would be a really short conversation and you would leave, right? But digital marketers do that all the time because they're not listening for the side of the conversation, the other side of the conversation. And that's what the numbers are. Um, going back to the numbers person thing, this is the last thing I'm going to touch base on, on mindset. So let's say, oh, let's, let's pick on Rob for a second. Rob, if I give you a kid's book, children's book, let's say Golden Locks and Three Bears, and I say, read me this kid's book, could you do that? Yeah. Probably, Just. right? No big deal. So then I take this book back and I say, great. I rip out the pages. I rip those pages into pieces. I put them between the covers and I give you back the book. Could you read the book to me? No. The answer is yes, because I did not change your ability to read. You're still a good reader. Right. I just made it a lot harder. Right. And that, but that's what everybody thinks. They go, oh, no, I could never read that book. So now you're sudden you can't read because the pages are ripped up. Like I didn't change your ability to read. Right. Google Analytics by default is a bunch of ripped up pages. That's what people don't realize. They think that when they turned it on, that they set it up properly and they didn't. <laughs> they just turned it on. And that's and that's partially Google's fault because they've always out there and, and you see, oh, just click this button in Shopify and it pops it up on your store or turn this in on this integration and the email system will automatically do this stuff. And it's, and it's so easy to get information into Google Analytics 
but it isn't stitched together properly. It's not set up in any way, shape or form. It is literally a data that's, that's sort of just been popped in there, but doesn't have a real story to it. It's a bunch of ripped up pieces. And so when you come back there in Google Analytics and you, and just like if I had given you a kid's book and said, hey, can you read me my kid's book of ripped up puzzle pieces? You could do it. It's just gonna take you a lot longer. You're gonna have to dump all the pieces out. You're gonna have to figure out the order. You're gonna, maybe some of them fell on the floor and you can't find them. So you gotta kind of make up some stuff, right? Cause there's a, going to be some holes in the pages. So you can sort of make up some stuff along. That is what Google Analytics is for most people. But that is just because it hasn't been set up properly because it's not being utilized properly. And that's only because people don't realize they need that. So the first step going back to like, what are the steps people take? Mindset. You change your mindset and you go like, okay, hey, I got to measure because I'm trying to listen for their side of the conversation. And the whole concept of measurement marketing is measuring is how we listen. Marketing is how we respond, right? How we change our subject lines or our click rates, our body copy, whatever it is to get the response we're trying to get, to keep the conversation moving the way we want it to go. So A, you start listening for that conversation. And B, as you realize Google Analytics is, is a bunch of ripped up pages. It's not that I'm not a numbers person. It's not that I can't read a book. I can totally read this. I just can't read it in this way because it hasn't been set up yet. So I've got to learn how to do that. And then once you learn to work with that platform, and it doesn't take a lot to do that, you start to see some pretty pretty impressive results pretty quickly. And then specifically, and I'll give you the, the, the tactic now that when we talk about sort of the how to do this, is in Google Analytics, you use UTMs, right? These little things called UTM parameters. Anybody can Google for this. There are a million videos that will talk about how to use UTMs. But UTMs, they, these little parameters in the links of your emails, and so in which obviously you guys are using. So when you, you somebody clicks on an email, and anybody listening to this podcast, the next email you link you click on, probably they're using UTMs. When you click on it, you'll see in the the uh, URL a bunch of different parameters that say like, oh, here's the UTM underscore source equals this, and UTM underscore medium equals this. You see all weird little stuff, but they all start with UTM, which is why everybody calls them UTMs. But the whole idea is that you're identifying where the traffic came from, like what is the brand of the traffic, what uh, type of traffic was it, and then what was the purpose of the traffic, right? Why was it coming there in the first place? And I'll give you some examples of how we do this. And again, it's the UTM thing as far as how to do it is very, very simple. Just Google for it. There's lots of blog posts, lots of videos for, for people to do that. It's the, it's the thinking about it. It's the frameworks. It's the strategy that is the secret sauce. And that's what we're going to talk about here. So the strategy with UTMs and how we do it. So for example, we use Infusionsoft as our, as our CRM. So we'll put in there, when, when somebody clicks on one of our email links, we know that A, it came from Infusionsoft, that it was email. And I'll get to a second as to why we do this in just a second. So we know it was Infusionsoft, we know it was email. We know what the customer journey was that that email was sending them to. So if it was something for the Measurement Marketing Academy or what, maybe it was for the Measurement Mastermind or maybe it was for certification program, we know what that email was for, what it was supposed to help them through. We know what stage they are supposed to help them through. Was it to make them aware of this product that we even have it? Was it to get them to engage a little more? Was it to get them to actually close, right? So now I can judge the email for the pr specific purpose of this email in this customer journey for this specific product. And then specific to Infusionsoft, here's where it gets kind of cool. Oh, we also have the subject lines in there. So we know the subject lines. Uh, but then we also have uh, where it is in the system. And that was something unique for us that we did. So in Infusionsoft, they, they organize it by saying, here's a campaign ID, and there's a sequence in the campaign. And then there's an email number in the sequence. And that's sort of how they organize it. And what was happening was occasionally, because after a while, when you've been in business, you have a lot of autoresponders. And all of a sudden, you'll have a customer who will send you a thing that says, hey, by the way, this link is broken. It's email. And you're like, I have no idea where that email is. Like, I got to go find it in the 300 campaigns that I've built over four years. <laughs> so we put identifiers in there that actually show 
Uh, and anybody who gets our emails, you'll, you'll see them in there, but it means something to us. It's not even from a marketing standpoint. It's a, where is this email in our system? So we know the campaign ID, the sequence number, and the email number of that sequence. So that, yes, we can ultimately also answer that question, which email caused the result we're looking at, which specific email, but where is that email in case we need to go fix it, if something was broken, or if it needs to be maintained or adjusted? So that anybody in our team can do that and go, oh, it's campaign one, two, three, sequence two is the third email in that sequence. That's where this is um, so that we can change it. So those are just some of the things that uh, that you can do when it comes to, to Google Analytics, UTMs, and specifically when it comes to emails. So these UTMs are basically a way of saying the person who clicked on that link or made that action, purchased, opted in, joined your list, whatever, came from this particular path. This is the route they took. This is the... Yes the link they clicked, the email it was in, the ad that was running. We use them for literally, if anybody clicks a link in our business, we know every single route. And that's a habit that has to that we have to get into. Have you got any recommended tools for like, constructing these UTMs? I know that Google has their free UTM builder, which is, is fairly nice. There's some pretty good browser extensions. Is there something you recommend if somebody's thinking, oh, I'm not doing UTMs right now? Uh, what should we be using to construct these things? on the fly quickly. I'll, I'll give you two. Um, one is, is a, it reminds me about when you said extensions is UTM.io does a pretty good job of that. That's, so that's a really good one, UTM.io. Um, the other one is one that we have. So it's free. It's the traffic tracking toolkit, we call it. But in there is a UTM builder and it structures it in a way because that's the other sort of secret sauce about UTMs is, is to structure them with other traffic sources so that my Facebook traffic is tied in with my email traffic and they are both coming in for the purposes of moving somebody through the measurement marketing academy journey or both per, you know because what happens a lot of times is somebody will set up a bunch of google ads campaigns and go of facebook campaigns a bunch of email campaigns and they use completely different utms and they don't touch each other they're not sharing any any sort of commonality at all and so then people are like well I want to know how my academy campaign is doing and all of the traffic sources for that, for this particular product or service, whatever it is. But they haven't coordinated the UTMs to tell that story. So Google Analytics is like, I don't know. Like, I can tell you how Google Ads did. I can tell you how Facebook did, but I cannot tell you how Google Ad and Facebook are working together. So that's why you that's why you do that. But that traffic checking toolkit, there's a whole ebook, there's a whole video, um, plus a tool that will will help you to coordinate all that. So we're happy to give that out. Uh, that's free. So we can talk about more about how to get that. Yeah, we'll definitely get you a link um, for that at the end of the episode 100%. and in the show notes as well. All right. So this is interesting. I, I know that we're going to have a bunch of people listening saying, "Well, this sounds great. This is a thing I need to put on my to do list." But whoa, that to do list is big. So in terms yeah. of like the for for the you know for the for the one man one woman one person business maybe with a VA who needs to get all of this set up obviously there's one option is to outsource it that's a, an easy option you pay another person yep. and they do it so don't think we need to go into that particularly but if somebody wants to do it themselves they can't outsource it right now how much of a time setup thing initially do you think there is into just getting analytics understandable and then from there as a sort of just keeping this going thing is this going to take over their business or what I, yeah, it's a really great question because it is, there is definitely a little bit of like a, you can go as deep as you want to go. And, and I am a big believer in good, good enough to get going and come back and make it better later. Cause a tool like Google analytics is complicated. There's a lot of levers, right? I mean, it's just how it works. And so yes, you know, you want to, you want to, make it better, but you don't need to constantly read another blog post that says, oh, now you got to do this. Now I got to do cross domain tracking. You're like, oh my God, I have no idea what that is. And now you've forgotten that you can run a business because you're too busy doing analytics, right? <laughs> so you can, you can go too far, but I like making progress. So I'm a big believer in what's the fastest way for me to make progress. For anybody that's starting out, especially with email, if you're just using Google Analytics and you are not using UTMs, that's where you start. 
is you set up and you identify the traffic. And so you get really good at using those. They take seconds at a certain point. It gets really fast. They take seconds to put in your email system. So instead of linking to, you know, measurementmarketing.io, you would link to measurementmarketing.io, question mark, UTM source equals whatever, right? And that's, it's very easy to set these things up. And the payoff, the amount of visibility that you get now into the, the other side of that conversation that the user's not having it, like, oh, this was the email. Like, it's a popular question we get. Which email calls the result? I'm not really sure how to tell. That's how you tell. I'll give you another um, example, just an email marketing that's outside of the, the typical like broadcast or autoresponder. We were working with a company that was doing um, physical goods in grocery stores, right? It's like a drink in grocery store in the West Coast of the US. And so we were in this conference table and, and we're all sort of, you know, virtually around this conference table and there and we're training them. And they were working with one of the people there was working with a distributor. They and she was sending emails. It wasn't like an autoresponder. It was I'm sending an email to a person with my Gmail account or whatever it was, right? So we talk about UTMs and this is how I do mine. Like whenever you get a personal email from me, if I said, oh, hey, you know, Kennedy, I've got, you know, Measure Marketing Academy would be great. You can, you can learn more about that here. When you click on the link, it will tell me that they clicked on a Mercer email because I'm the one that sent the email, that it was for the Academy, that it was an email and that it was a personal reply. So I know what happened. So we showed her this. We basically showed how to use UTMs and UTM the link. So she could basically send this email to a distributor and she could tell if they opened it or not. Because otherwise she couldn't do that. She didn't have a tool to help her do that. So it was like, well, Google Analytics can tell you that. So she did. She tested it out. This the best training I ever did. So it's a, a bit of an explicit, easy for me to say. It was a cuss word. How's that? So I'm not going to say that word. But she goes, holy, I can see if they open my emails. Like it was this mind blowing thing of like, oh my god, and made this click. And there is a bit of magic to it. If you're just starting out, go to your real time reports of Google Analytics. Do a UTM click on the link and then see yourself show up and be like, Oh my God, I did it. Like it's, it's the coolest powerful feeling in the world. And then, you know, then you just do it a hundred thousand more times. <laughs> but, um, but that's how she used her personal email. She was using UTMs and personal emails. So even if you don't have an autoresponder or a broadcast, you can still use this um, as you go through, but UTMs is where I would absolutely start. You have to identify who the traffic is, where, you know, what type of traffic they're sending you and then what the purpose of the traffic is. And this speaks right back to our big problem that we have. It sounds like a bit of a tangent, but I promise it's relevant. Uh, we, the big problem we have with like self, a lot of self-development and stuff gets you to focus on the stuff you're not very good at. It gets you, oh, you feel really poop when this happens or this makes you feel really whatever and you should develop yourself on this when actual fact if we just focus on more of what we are good at if we focus on doing more of what is working which is all we've done for the last i don't know how many years now is just used simple utms you just become this habit of oh no i don't copy and paste the link directly to our exactly. membership sales page we just whack it quickly through the the, the spreadsheet actually that you, the tool that you guys supply we put it into that. It gives me the UCM. And it means when we're doing our monthly meeting about what's working and what's absolutely terrible right now, and what's a waste of time, let's be honest, then we can go, okay, we're going to do more of that thing because that thing works. Like, stop yes. trying to pull up the troughs. Try and raise the peaks. That's, that's the aim of the game. And I think... Just getting your UTMs and getting to that habit, even if right now you haven't figured out how to read that data, guess what? You can only read it in the future if you've been collecting it in the first place. Get into that habit of doing the UTMs and then speak to Mercer and his team or go check out their membership or whatever to, to look at how you interpret that data. I've got one final question for you. 
Sure. Because one of the things that a lot of people think is we, we get all the time in our group coaching calls in our membership, which is, oh, I don't have a very big list. And we get that like every yeah. single time. And we get that from yeah. people who've got 50 subscribers in our membership. And we've got people who've got 50,000 subscribers all telling us I've got a really small list. All of them. Right. Everybody, right? Right. So right. people might think... I don't have enough subscribers to create any statistical significance with these numbers. Like, there's not enough people on my list or people clicking and stuff for me to make decisions. At what point do you think that is enough? Like, how many clicks? How When can we start making decisions? And when is it like, yeah, but that's a sample of one? Right, right, right. Exactly. It's a really good question. So the, the phrase to remember here is the truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern. That's what you're looking for, trends and patterns. So one sort of number does not a trend make, right? You're looking for a pattern or a trend. That's what, that's what you do. So uh, it's funny because I always tell people that too. I'm like, I have a, such a small list. Like, you know, it's, everybody's got a small list. Um, but the the way that the, the trends and patterns work is I generally speaking, I use about a hundred of whatever the thing is that I need. So, and then, and I'll judge it till I get that sort of amount. So if I can send, let's say a hundred opens today, I can judge pretty quickly if that email is working or not based upon at least a hundred. That's all I care about. Ideally 300 or more, like if it goes higher, it's, it's better. It becomes more like to your point, it becomes a little bit more stable and you can rely on that number, the bigger the, the sample is, but at least a hundred to get something. Now, if I only get 25, cause my list is a hundred people and I only got, you know, 25% of them to open then it's like, okay, I might have to send three or four emails. And I would look at that open rate consistently over time and be like, okay, over the course of a week, I'm averaging between 22 and 27% open rate. Therefore, I know my open rates are probably going to hover around this, right? And as long as there, there's that consistent pattern there over, it took a little longer for me to get to that hundred, but the trend was there, right? right? And so even though you have a, if you have if you less than hundred people on your email list, you can absolutely still do this. It's just that it takes a little bit of time and then you're just looking for that pattern over time. It's about the pattern. It's about, it's all relative. It's, I mean, we, we often say that this email thing or this business thing really is a one player game. Like if your open rate on your 25 people is 50%, then great. If it's generally 50%, but then you see a 60%, great. It's all relative to, to what you've been doing. Uh, I could talk about this all flipping day because we are obsessed with it but we are going to shut our faces for a second because i want to know what your subject line of the week subject line of the week what's what's one of your really well performing or favorite subject lines mercer so one of ours was was a recent change to a, a model that we did with one of our programs which is the measurement marketing certification so we have uh four agency owners who want to learn how to do this stuff and then they you know learn how to do measure marketing and then sell it as a service mm -hmm. and so what we did is we moved it from a Hey, the applications, you know, or the uh, the programs available, go purchase it to an application funnel. And one of the things that we changed in our messaging, this is, it was one of those subject lines where it went from like, eh, it was kind of like okay, 25 percent, whatever, to all of a sudden like forty percent. Like, whoa, that did something nice. Um, and it can't be used all the time, but it it does work when we do in this campaign, which was we did a subject line that was about your certification. Dot dot dot. Mm. That was it. It was just about your certification, and it was like, what about my certification? And, and this is, this is the important part about that. Cause I'm not, I like curiosity as a, as a hook, mm -hmm. but curiosity can be overdone, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, you know, you put it, it's not at all relevant. It doesn't lead to more clicks that one. And this is how I look, I look at subject lines. That one, not only got a bigger open rate, substantially larger open rate also led, had a higher click through rate, 
which is what we wanted. We wanted people going to the page to talk about certification so they could submit an application if they needed to, but yada, yada. So it did It did the one-two punch it was supposed to do. If it just got a huge open rate, but click-through rate dropped, it wouldn't have netted me actual you know, viewers, right? Mm-hmm. But this one did both. So it was about your certification, dot, dot, dot. It was, it was that format that worked really well. But again, we couldn't do that with everything. About your academy membership, about your, you know, I couldn't do that over and over again. It wouldn't work. About your um, wedding day. Totally you know, it's going to get tired. your wedding right? day. Right. <laughs> right. About, about those picks. Dot, dot, dot. Yes. Yes. That'll get a lot of opens. Maybe even some clicks, depending upon what you're sending. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Mercer, this has been awesome, man. Tell us, if people want to find out more about you and measurement marketing and everything else, tell us, where do we go? Absolutely. So if you just go to uh, measuremarketing.io is the name of our site. So that's our, our brand name is our website. So measuremarketing.io. But if you go, if you specifically, we have a, a free membership called the Toolbox membership, where it's got a ton of tools in it to help you learn measurement marketing, including that traffic tracking toolkit that we talked about earlier. Um, so if you go to measuremarketing.io forward slash email marketing show. So measuremarketing.io forward slash email marketing show. The other reason I want you to do that is when you're, you you type this in, you will see like in the tech world, they say that eat your own dog food. So if you go to measuremarketing.io forward slash email marketing show, you will see how that redirects to a page where it's using UTMs so that I can measure podcast traffic, including this particular one. So I can see the result of the podcast. So that's how, the, so it's just another great example of, of how to use UTMs and beyond just email. I love that. And if you're a league member, uh, make sure you go and check out the amazing battle plan that Mercer did for league members. It's called Using Google Analytics to Measure Your Email Tracking. It's a really good walkthrough of all of this stuff. So if you're in the league, make sure you go and check that out as well. And then go and grab that amazing toolkit because we use it literally every day. Yes, yes. I feel like I've got a little mini Mercer. Back in your box, Mercer. Back in your box. (laughs) Lovely. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you all next week. Cheers, guys. This was fun, shall we do it again next week? On Wednesday. <laughs>